evening. For many of you, you know that this is probably um, going to be a little harder for me than I anticipated, but I'll try and use humor to disguise it. Um, so if you, if you ever were to come to the Peeler house uh, for dinner, you would know that one of the things I like to do is, is throw random questions at my children so that they have to not only chew, but also figure out how to respond to dad's odd questions. And one of the questions that I would probably would have thought of in the past is, well, if you had served somewhere or you had gone to church uh, for 30 plus years and been loved on by a group of people, um, your family, what would be the last thing that you would want to preach to them? And I've seen it modeled, I've, I've thought about it, but as I, as I questioned it, I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be hard, um, and it clearly is. But uh, in that, I thought to myself, well, it, it, it's an easy one, um, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, because this is, this is the thing that that's, uh, the Lord has used in your life at Carriage Lane for many years to get you through those questions of life of how do I, how do I keep going? Um, when life is hard, how do, I, how do I keep moving forward? How do I keep trusting in the Lord? Uh, and, and so this has been taught to me over and over again, and, and it's been preached on a couple times here at Carriage Lane, and, and I, I, I couldn't think of another thing uh, to think uh, or to, to, to preach on. So uh, the, the overarching theme tonight is, uh, as believers, how do we know that life's going to be okay? How do we, how do we keep running the race? How do we keep going uh, when life is hard and, and life is difficult? Uh, and so... Uh, with that, let me read our text. It comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. For with the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and seated and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Thus ends the reading of God's word. So just so you know where we're going, I, I hope to give us a little context to catch us up on where this is, but then to look at uh, how do we lay different weights and sins aside, how do we run, and then where do we look while we're running. Uh, as we first look at, at the context, we know that this is the book of Hebrews. We've just finished that as a congregation not too long ago, and so it, hopefully it's somewhat familiar, uh, but just as a reminder, we know that this was a, a book that was written to a group of, of Christians uh, that, you, that were Jewish, um, and that they had enjoyed growth in the Lord, they had grown in their, their trust in Him, uh, but as life got kind of crazy, and as things started to happen, and persecution started, they started to kind of question, okay, how do we do this? Uh, and, and they started wanting to return to Old Testament or Old Covenant type uh, works to, to figure out because that felt comfortable and it felt safe for them. And, and the, the writer or the, the preacher of Hebrews, however you want to interpret that, uh, was, was encouraging them, no, you need to live by faith looking to Jesus. Uh, and so there's this, this idea of, okay, here, here we are. And then we've just gotten through uh, chapters 10 and 11, and, and there's this great reminder of, of what's been going on, and there's this hall of faith with all these amazing people uh, that were horribly flawed throughout all the Old Testament, and how they lived by faith, looking forward to this coming Jesus, this coming Messiah. And so the, the writer uses this wonderful illustration of, of running a race. 
And so with that context in mind, we look at well, what are the, late, the, the weights and sins that need to be uh, laid aside to be able to run. And, you know, as, as any kid in here would tell you, um, and most adults already know this, the, the more weights that you pull off uh, before you start running, uh, the, the faster you can run, the better you can run, and the longer you can run. And so this illustration is, is quick and easy for us to start anticipating and saying, okay, well, here we are. Uh, but it's kind of peculiar that there are weights and that there are sins. And so uh, there's the, the picture in our mind of, of whether it's a, you know, a Roman uh, you know, athlete that's running and you know, they've, they've cast off a lot of the clothing. They, they don't have you know, hokas or anything like that, but they're, they're running and they've prepared themselves and they've conditioned themselves to be able to run long distances at a steady pace and to cover a lot of ground. And so that's, that's the illustration that's being brought out. And so as, as we... Uh, start to kind of associate with that, we start to say, okay, what are the weights that, that are being talked of here? What are the, what are the things that are, that are holding uh, a Christian back from being able to run efficiently or run steadily for, with any kind of endurance for, for a season? And as we, as we start to think, you might have some that come up in your mind, but as, as I was reflecting on this and I came up with all kinds of great ones, um, I thought, you know, this comes after the Hall of Faith, and, and I think one of the, the things we can look at is we can see a lot of what uh, are the weights that were affecting those that have gone before us, and we can say, okay, maybe those are some of the same ones that, that we struggle with, even in this day. And so if you, if you take a look back, you see that, that possessions were a definite thing in which those that have gone before us struggled with, and something that we struggle with. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34, it says, where you have compassion on those who are imprisoned, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and the and, and the abiding one. And so there's this this clear awakening up of you know as Tim preached this morning, these these resources, these things that you've been given, they're they're in a kingdom mindset. Uh, they're they're not yours. They're the Lord's, and and He's given them to you to use for His kingdom. And so you you can give them up. You can you can cast them off. Uh, and those a lot of times are, are a little easier for us to say, okay, yeah, I, I get that. Um, but if we dig a little bit deeper, we start to see illustrations of, of people like Noah and Abraham and Moses. And you're like, okay, well, what, it, what, is, what are some of the weights that they maybe in, in, incurred as they, were, as they were all of a sudden in life? And we think of, of, uh, of uh, Noah and all of a sudden he's, he's living life and, and God comes to him and says, hey, I, I want you to build a boat. And it's like, a boat? Uh, how big of a boat? Well, a really big boat. Uh, and so you, you all of a sudden start thinking about it. It's like, you know, that, that takes a certain amount of courage to start building a, a, a lot of work, uh, a lot of convincing of a wife and your children and, and, and all of that. And then, you know, it, it takes faith that, that the Lord's doing this. And, okay, I need to do that. We also see that with Abraham. Here he is, and, and he's got all these things in life. Uh, he's got these comforts. Uh, he, he's living in a land. Uh, he's got servants. He's got, you know, neighbors and all this type stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, the Lord says, hey, I, I need you to leave this, and I need you to go somewhere else. And what does Abraham do? He, by faith, leaves, and he trusts in the Lord, and he, and he goes. And it's, it's like, wow, you just... You just shed a lot of different weights that I would have thought, I, how do you leave those things? And so there's this, uh, this okay, there's, there's another example of, of weights that have been thrown off. And we even see Moses where he was brought up in a, in a, in a you know, underneath Pharaoh. And so he's living in, in Pharaoh's house. He's experiencing all these things until one day, all of a sudden, he realizes this isn't where he's called to be anymore. And, and he, 
he leaves all those things, and that's not it. He, he leaves them, and he goes, and then he has to leave them to come back and to lead all of God's people out of uh, the land of Egypt in the promised land. But and he, and he, you, you see all this, and it's like, okay, so there's a lot of different things that they gave up. They gave up comfort. You know, that's one of those weights that, that oftentimes sneaks in, and we, you don't really realize it, and all of a sudden we realize, I, I really like this chair. I liked it until all of a sudden it started leaning, and then I have to get rid of this chair, and I, I, I'm going to miss that, and that comfort was there. Or um, if we look at that, of the status of, I really enjoyed the way in which people looked at me. I enjoyed the, the freedoms that I had where people understood where I was coming from, and now all of a sudden that's gone because of something that's happened. You know, that, that's a weight that sneaks in there. But then there's also this, you know, hey, I really like the position. I like the way in which people look at me. I like the way in which people respond to the way in which I, I talk to them, the way in which they know me and, and I know them and, and I know how to, to, to navigate these things. And so as we see the, these weights kind of come on and, and one of the, the commentators that I was listening to was talking about a lot of times we think that these are external weights, things that we could just easily just kind of, you know, oh, I'll just throw that off. It's like a backpack or something. But uh, more of, of what we could be looking at here is this is maybe that, that 15 or 20 pounds that you gathered over the, the Christmas holiday and you, you kept eating and, and it's, it's packed on. And so you're kind of looking at it going, okay, th these things maybe were a little bit harder than, than I thought. And so as we continue on, we start to see that it, there's, a, there's a, a, a really weird line in there of what's the difference between a weight and a sin because we're, we're supposed to take both of them off. And as we start to think about sins, okay, what are the sins in which we need to, to lay off? We, we can have a whole lot greater clarity of what those are because we have things like the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 14, that says, what is sin? Sin is any want or conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. And for our minds, we can say, okay, well, what's the law of God? And as Tim used uh, this morning is, you know, Jesus is, is at, you know, there's this dialogue. And it's like, what's the summary of the law? And we see in, in Mark chapter 30, it says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And second of this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so if we, if we start to apply that to our own lives, we see that, that when we're trying to evaluate what are the weights and what are the sins in our lives, uh, it, we, we start to look at those weights a little differently. We start to, to kind of realize, well, uh, if, if it's stuff, if it's things that I can touch, and all of a sudden I'm loving these things more than I'm loving God, well, this isn't just a, a weight, but this is, this is now moving into the sin category. And if we continue to, to, to move that out, we, we see that if, if I'm loving the comfort or the, the position that I'm in or even the status or the praise of men more than, than I'm loving the Lord, then, then there's a sin problem that's going on here. Uh, and even if the point of, well, I, I love my family or I love myself more than the Lord, we see that that's, that's sin as well. And so we, we start to look at it and say, okay, these weights are, are really difficult. If we listen to John Owen, he said, you need to be killing sin or sin will be killing you. There's a certain weight uh, to, to these ideas of, of, hey, these things are real. These things are, 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 are really hard to, to just live with. And so the, the question that comes of how do we get these weights off of us? Um, you know, you'll hear some people, and, and as, as a parent, I'm oftentimes, you know, reminded that it's maybe not the best answer, but when you look at a kid that, that is sinning, or you look at somebody else, or even look at yourself, and you say, you just need to stop. You just need to stop it. 
And, you know, you hear that a lot of times, just stop sinning, just stop doing this sin, just stop doing that. And when you hear that, it's, it sounds reasonable at first, but then you start to realize, well, well my heart is really deceitful. It, it, it is really, a lot of these sins are really ingrained deep, deep, deep down in there. And, and, and for me to be able to be freed of these sins, for me to be able to let them go, for me to be able to take them off, it's going to take a lot more work than I realize. That this is, this is going to be where I have to be trained to be able to take these things off. I have to work. I have to, I have to put effort into these things. And ultimately, I have to seek the Lord in it. And as we start to realize that, we, we say like something like pride. If, if that's something that we're wrestling with, then, then really what we're wrestling with with pride is not that, that we're prideful people. It's just maybe that we don't trust the Lord. And as we start kind of digging into the heart and as we start doing the spade work and we start kind of looking to the root, we start to see, oh, me not trusting the Lord means I, I'm trying to protect myself from these other areas. And so this pride that keeps cropping up is because there's, there's a deeper-seated issue of, you know what, I don't trust the Lord in these areas of life. And so the only way in which we truly get rid of that is if we, if we go to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I see this sin. I see it in my life. Can you help me get rid of it? Can you, can you teach me how? And, and using the word of God and using the means of grace and seeing and pleading with the spirit to come in and ask that to be removed, but not only have that removed, but to have, have a good plant or have a good seed put in its place that will bear good fruit that, that now looks at it and says, you know what, I, I don't trust the Lord and I'm working a t hard to trust the Lord more, but, but as I work towards that, I, I can start to see that that the Lord is good. I can start to see because I've been in the word more, because I've, I've sit under preaching, because I've got hymns that are reciting in my mind constantly, because I'm coming to the table and I'm being nourished. I can be reminded of how much the Lord loves me. And so every time that pride starts to creep up, it's, it's easy to look, okay, there's the root. There's, there's how we can have it pulled out more. And there, there's a beautiful thing that's there. And so as we, as we start to realize that, it, we, we begin to realize more and more of how much we need the Lord and how much salvation is not just for oh i'm saved and now i've got the rest figured out salvation and the gospel is for that continual reminder that continual washing away and then reminder of okay jesus is doing a work not just then when he saved me but all the way until the end and so with that we can see okay that's that's how we get rid of the weights that's what the weights are that's what the sin is and then we have to look at okay how do we run and for many of us um I, I think I've learned recently that um, you can't run like you used to as a kid. You can't just start, I was talking to Craig Jeffrey about this, if you can't just start running, um, your muscles and stuff now are like, no, that doesn't work. Um, and some of the older people in here are laughing and some of the younger people are like, I just don't understand. It's like, just wait. Um, I was just laughing the other day because I started like this warm-up run and I was like, I hopefully nobody saw that. And all my, all my kids saw it and pointed it out. Uh, and so there's this reminder to me of, okay, how do, how do we run? And I think one of the first things we need to understand is that if you're actually running, uh, it, it's not being idle. Uh, it's not walking. Uh, running is running. I, I think the definition of running is as you go, both feet are off the ground at some time. So there is this full commitment that you are going forward. Uh, and so it's not speed walking. It's not running. But the, in the opposite of that, it's not frantic sprinting. It's, it's running. And so with this, there's a, a, a running with endurance. And and one of the, the best illustrations that I've seen that I, I really enjoy, but it really frustrates me is, uh, I think John Piper has, has used this several times, is if you're in a canoe and you're in a river and it's flowing and you're trying to get to where you're going, which is, is where we'll talk about, 
but as, as, you're, as you're going, you're, the current is going the opposite direction, and you're in this canoe, and you're, you're paddling upstream, and if you stop paddling, all of a sudden you start drifting downstream. And if you, you paddle slowly, and you feel like, oh, this is a good pace, but if you look at the water, you're like, okay, it seems like I'm doing okay, uh, and then you look at the bank, and you realize that the bank is still moving in the dire opposite direction you want it to, you realize, I I'm, not, I'm not really moving, I'm moving the wrong direction. And so, as we look at the, the race in which we've been called to run, there is a way in which we need to be doing it with endurance. If, if all of a sudden you pull out that paddle and you just start flailing at the water, you might feel like you're moving faster, but what you're doing is you're burning yourself out very quickly, and you, you may have made it a little way up, but then instantly that current pushes you back. And so what the writer is telling us here is that you need to run with endurance, where you have a, a, a pace in which you are set and you, you are moving forward. And so with that, we... We, we look at it and say, okay, yeah, I'll just set that pace, and as long as I keep that pace and I run it, everything will be good. And the Christian life isn't like that. Uh, it's not where you can just click, you know, the, the cruise control, and it doesn't have the adaptive thing where, you know, oh, I'm coming up, it'll slow me down or speed me up. Like, there is this, as, as soon as you feel like you maybe have the pace set, all of a sudden the Lord throws this, this curveball at you, where all of a sudden it's like, okay, uh, the, the the course just turned, and now all of a sudden I'm going up a hill. Well, I can't run at the same pace that I was before, or maybe it's a flatter one, and, and I need to start speeding up because I've started slowing down in, in, in it. And so we start to realize that to, to be able to, to run with endurance, we have to be able to understand the course that we're on, that, that there are different seasons, that there's different terrain, that there, there are different ways and different speeds in which we're going to need to run and to do it. And so that leads us to, to kind of the, the following question is, well, who, who are we, like, what, why are we doing this? Why would we go through all this effort? Why would we go through all of this running? Why, why won't we, why don't you just sit in the canoe and float down and, and just enjoy life? And, and what we see here is, our last point there is, there's a, there's a response in which we're supposed to, to be doing this for a reason, that there is, this course has been set before us for a purpose and we're supposed to, to look to someone in it. And if we, we look at it, it's, it's pretty clear. But before we, we get to, to Jesus, we also see that there is, that we haven't been doing it alone. That, that when we're running, that there is a cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. Uh, and as we look, we see that there are people that uh, are identified in the Old Testament that, that have done this. They've walked by faith. They've grown and that we get to see how they've done it. We get to see how they failed. We get to see how the Lord redeemed their failures and used them for his glory. We get to see how they look forward into it. And we say, wow, they were looking, at, looking to the coming Messiah. And we are looking back at what he's already done. And, and this is an amazing benefit for us. We also, you know, the, one of the, the things I love about this, this sanctuary is as we look, there's there's a, a room right here that is primarily a nursery. And so that's, this is where the kids come in. This is where the believers start. And, and, and we get to see them, and, and they're being nursed, and they're being brought up. And then we get to see, here's the congregation. And, and they're, they're serving, and they're working together. And then we get to see, okay, here's some, some saints that, that sit in, in this other training room for, for adults in the back. And then, then we get to see when they get to go really go worship. And, and that's over there. And so there's these saints that have gone before us here, and Tim mentioned it this morning of, you know, we're, we're, we're enjoying and riding on the beauty of those that have gone before us that have, have with blood, sweat, and tears, and money, and, and kingdom resources, 
provided ways in which we can enjoy these amazing gifts for us. Not just these, these things that we can see, but, but even my own life to be poured into by, by men, to, to, to be reminded over and over again of the truths of the gospel, not just with words, but being lived out. And it's, it's an amazing thing. And so as we, as we look at those people and as we say, oh, you know what, they're not looking at each other. They're not really looking at me. What they're doing is they're looking at, at Jesus. And that's, that's really the ultimate thing in which this, this passage is looking to. It says, okay, so, so how, do we, how do we look to Jesus? Well, first thing we need to understand is what Jesus did for us. And it's, it's clear here. It says, okay, w- what did Jesus do? Looking at Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So Jesus saved us. And so how did he save us? Well, he, he gave his life. He lived, and it, it's outlined there. This is like a little, you know, a, a summary of the gospel, really clear. And he's, he's lived this out for us. He, he worked it out for us. And, and in, in it, he didn't fail at all. He was perfect in it. And so he, he's, he's done this. And so as we're looking to him, all of a sudden we're starting to say, okay, this is, this is why we're doing it, is we're doing it because our Savior has done it. And so we're, we're seeking after him. We're following Jesus, and, and we're called to this. And, and, and as we're following him, all of a sudden we're bringing glory to him. And as we're running and we're starting to be exhausted and we're starting to be reminded over and over again of, okay, why are we doing this again? It's, oh, it's because when glory goes to, the fa- or goes to, to Jesus and to the Father and to the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden not only are we giving him glory, but we're also receiving enjoyment in it. And, and all of a sudden things start to, to make sense to us and things start to, to be more enjoyable and, and more joy-filled. And so with that, we, we are like, oh, this, this makes sense. This is why when we, we read that, or when Sam read that passage uh, about Paul going to, to Jerusalem, which he knew, hey, I'm never coming back from this. This is why he was able to say, I can do this. This, was the, this wasn't the secret. This is the thing that, that Paul has been preaching over and over again to everyone. This is what, what all of these disciples had figured out is it's worth it. When I follow Jesus, all of this stuff in the world starts to disappear, and it's still there. There's, I'm still navigating it. I'm still working through it. I'm still trusting in the Lord to get through each step of it, but, it, but it's starting to grow dimmer. All of a sudden, every step I take, you know, the the weights are starting to get less and less attached to me. I can start to to go off, and and we have saints that that are ahead of us, and and they've shown us, this is is how you do it. And so with that, we're reminded of of what the gospel is, and that that Jesus came to save us, that we have sins, that, that, that we can't get rid of these on our own, and that the Lord is the one doing the work in that, and and in that, all of a sudden, you know, the Lord appears on the scene. He, he's born of the Virgin Mary. He lives the perfect life. He dies. He, he is resurrected from the dead. And he ascended into heaven. And like it says here, he's sitting on the right hand of God the Father. And so what do we have to do to be saved? We have to put our faith and trust in him. And in doing so, that enters us into this race where we're, we're racing and we're going. And so as, as I'm starting to kind of flounder here, and I'm sure y'all are, are trying to hold on. I'll, I'll try and make a few um, few kind of tearful uh, last words um, that, that hopefully I'll make through. Um, but one of the things that as, as I tried to wrestle with this, and I tried to think through with this of, okay, I don't want it, this to be just something that, that's out there and distant, but there is um, a reality that Carriage Lane has, has had some hard years lately. 
um, that there have been some difficulties that, that have come. And oftentimes I think it's easy to kind of say, well, you know, we're, we're in a better season now or, or however. But in reality, the culture is not getting any, any better. Um, when, when we look at it, we're a bunch of sinful people. And so there, there are a lot of challenges in which Carriage Lane is going to face. There are a lot of difficulties in which Carriage Lane is facing now and as we look forward. And so how, how do we as Carriage Lane, and, and I say that tonight, being uh, my last night, being part of you, of, of how, how, do we, how do we move on? How do we run this race well? And, and a, as I started to think of that, I started to think of, you know, there's, there's a lot of really challenging things. Um, as I talked to people and they heard that I was leaving, uh, it's interesting how people feel free to tell you uh, in church, particularly as a pastor, how they feel about things, but they particularly feel the freedom once they know that you're leaving. Um, and so mostly good things. Um, but there, there are a few things. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, I've heard over and over again is, is I'm tired. Uh, I, I'm, I'm exhausted. A ministry is, is really challenging for me. Uh, I've heard people say that, that I'm hurting. Uh, that, that there has been a season in life in which it's been really difficult. I've heard other people, uh, and, and some of these I, I don't think are just unique to Carriage Lane, but to other churches as I've talked to them, people say that, that I'm lonely. Uh, and, and I say that, you know, it, it's, it's hard because it's like, how do you how do, you do these? And, and I think one that has really surprised me lately, uh, it is probably the most concerning, is, is several people, members of Carriage Lane that I've talked to, they say that I'm scared. And I, well, you're scared. And as, as, I, as I pick in on that a little bit and say, okay, well, you know, what are you, are you scared for the church? Oh, no, no, I, I'm not, you know, yeah, sure, I'm a little scared for the church and the direction. And, and I, I'm, you know, I'm praying. But their, their response is, no, I, I'm scared to come to church. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to get hurt there. Uh, and to me, that is probably one of the most um, challenging things um, to hear as a pastor, as, as an elder here, and one of the most um, sad things, because if, if the church isn't a safe place in which people can come and be fed and encouraged, uh, if, if we're not doing that, um, then, then who is? And so as I, as I thought of that, I was like, well, where, where is that coming from? Like, as, as I started to try and reflect, I'm like, okay, if the church is made up of people, well, surely there's, there's some kind of, like, heart or some kind of root at, at, at play here. And as I, as I started to wrestle with it, I, you know, I've seen different, you know, outpourings of that, and I can see where people, okay, I can see if, if you've been through that, yeah, you, you might not feel safe. You, you might not be able to trust other individuals in that. And, and I kind of racked my brain, and I started to think, well, how did, how did we get here? Because I, I, don't, I don't really know that. And, and one of the things that I came to mind to me, and I thought afterwards, and I told Jessica, I said, you know, it just seems so simple. I, I, don't, I don't understand, but it seems like over the past year, uh, one of th these things, this has kind of cropped up. But as I thought of that, it's like, I, I think that we've stopped asking a very important question, um, the one in which we, we're very familiar with, uh, and, and as you're kind of, I'm going to let that simmer there for a second of, okay, what, what question is he, is he talking about? And as I say it, some of you might be like, oh, okay, and other people are like, oh. Um, but the question that, that, I'm, that I came back to is uh, one in which we heard very regularly for a long time here at Carriage Lane is, why are you here? And as, as I heard multiple families over my entire lifespan, basically, 
that have come and they've said, you know, when, when the worship service started with that question, why are you here? I had never really thought of that before. I had never really thought through what it meant to be in a service. Is it, is it about me or is it about the Lord? Why, why am I here? Why am I a member of this church? Is it about me or is it about the Lord? Why, why, am I, why am I running this race? Is it about me or is it about the Lord? And I remember, and, and as Jessica and I have reflected over the past however many years, uh, I, I think about, you know, hey, uh, you know, we, we really wrestled with that question. Uh, we were, um, my, my wife was baptized in the fellowship hall over there, the Pizza Hut. I remember the sidewalk out there in which I met her. Uh, I remember standing up here when we got married. Uh, you know, there, there is the baptismal font that, that baptized nine of our children. Uh, and so as, as, I, as I reflect of those, I think, oh, wow. But I also remember that there was a season in life in which, you know, we had been fed uh, Sister Schubert roles, roles in college and career, and we thought over and over again, this is great. But we, there came a point in which we, we started really asking the question, why are we at Carriage Lane? Uh, we didn't feel like we belonged. We didn't feel like we fit in. As much as people tried to pour into us, it just didn't, it didn't click. And I remember Jessica and I coming to the conclusion of if something doesn't change, uh, we're probably going to look for another church because this just isn't working for us anymore. And I remember thinking, that, that's, that's scary. I don't want to do that. Um, but, but we talked about it. And Somehow in that, that moment of, hey, we're going we're gonna to take six weeks and figure out, okay, is this really where we want to be? The Lord did some amazing things, but it wasn't in like the like shining lights. It, it was individuals, a, a, a man and, and his wife showing up on a doorstep with a, with a, a pie with, with, um, with uh, some kind of um, uh, some candy in it or something. And, and they prayed for our new child uh, that had come in. And, and I'm like, wow. That was, that was something. Uh, and then it was all of a sudden a Sunday school class that was starting up with just so happened to be uh, the name of that class was Hebrews 12.1. Uh, and then later with two because you've got to have two on there. Um, but it, and then all of a sudden, like we, we started to realize that, you know, the reason that we're here is because this is where God has called us. The reason that we're here is because this is our church. This is the church in which has grown me. This is the church in which I have seen the gospel lived out by men before me, by women. I have been poured into. I have been, I have been discipled. I have been shepherded. And so with that, all of a sudden I started to realize it's like, I think I've been looking at church the wrong way. I think I've been looking at instead of, instead of that question when, why are you here? Every time I, I was asked that of myself, I thought, I, I. And every time my wife asked me a question about some kind of like, you know, kind of vision of life of where we are, and I say, I want, or I feel, it's like, uh-oh, uh, there's a whole lot of, of baggage that's going to come with that I statement, because it, it means I, I'm concerned more about me than, than anything else, and, and I think that's where I would, I would commend Carriage Lane. This is where I would say, look, if, if we have forgotten, and, and y'all can debate me afterwards in the potluck as we fight for macaroni and cheese, but, um, if we have lost sight of that, um, that question of why are we here, um, are we really running the race? Do we know, do we all have a direction in which we're running together? Are, are, we, are, we, are we here because we all have our own ideas? Are we, do we 
do we all wrestle with those things together? Or are we listening to each other? Are we, are we not? Are we, are we helping each other take the burdens off? Or are people coming and finding more burdens when they're here, or more weights? And so I, I know that as, as I've seen Carriage Lane, I've seen it in my own life that the Lord is at work here. The Spirit is moving. And so I'm not, I'm not concerned thinking, oh, you know, this is some kind of sinking ship. But what I am looking at is saying, if, if we can start to see these questions, if we have people asking questions and responding this way and saying, I'm scared or I'm tired, I'm, I'm lonely, what are we doing about it? Why are we here? And, and, I, and I know that we're equipped as a body. I know that the Lord has given us all of the means in which we can equip the saints to move forward is because he's given us the means of grace. He's given us the word. He's given us prayer, he's given us the sacraments, and he's given us each other to be able to do this together. And so that is, that is my encouragement for you tonight, that as, as we move into 2024 and the years to come, and whoever is called next to be the senior pastor, and whoever comes in and replaces children's ministry, whoever replaces youth ministry, and, and whoever else, you know, is called elsewhere, you know, is that question being asked, why are you here and is it, is it fitting with the mission and vision of what Carriage Lane is and what we're doing? And so with that, let me close us in prayer and, and head to the table. Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for that he has run uh, the race and that he has finished it and that he is there waiting for us to. Lord, I'm thankful that you have not left us alone, but that you have given us a, a brother and a sisterhood to be able to run together Lord, others that can, that can be an example of how to take weights off, others that can point out the weights that are in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that you would grow us. I pray that you would protect us. I pray that you would send your spirit to move amongst us. And, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. And in that glorification, Lord, may, may we enjoy you all the more. May our hearts be changed uh, forever and ever um, by your grace. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, as we, as we all know, if, if you're going to run a race, uh, one of the things that you want to do uh, before you run the race is you want to prepare uh, how to eat. Uh, and so the Lord, in his wisdom, has given us a, a meal in which he has provided that will spiritually nourish us for running the race. And we get to participate this not alone, but this is in the context of a worship service, in the context of remembering of what Jesus has done for us, and that, that, he, that he met with his disciples, that he was with them, and that he, he said, you know, hey, I, I know that this is going to be hard. I know that, that the next years of your life, until you come back to meet me again, it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to give you something that you, can, that you can taste, something that you can hold in your hand, and it's not just to remember me, but this is to physically nourish you. And so, and with that, this, this meal is for, for those that are believers. And so it, it is a sign and seal of the new covenant. It is one in which guarantees the promises of the Lord are going to come true. So as we partake of this, we can, we can think of all those promises and know the, Lord, the Lord's going to do it. Look, he's, like, he's given us this. He's given us all these things. It, it allows us to remember what Jesus has done. It allows us to be able to fight against sin. It gives us that nourishment to say, you know what? I can make it another day because the Lord's given me this, because of this, because of what he's done, because how he's equipped me, because of the Holy Spirit. I can, I can make it another day in him. In that, we also see that 
that we are, are given support of, hey, the Lord's equipping us. Uh, he's also giving us the encouragement to duty of, you know what, we shouldn't just run away from things. We should run the race that's been in front of us. We should, we should continue to seek the Lord in all these things. We also see that, that this gives us an increased faith where we can trust more and more in the Lord. And out of that, we start to see that we can, we can love the Lord more and we can love others around us more. And it also, uh, one of the, the greatest things that I, I think I've seen at Carriage Lane and the, and the greatest reminder that I forget over and over again is, is you know, we used to, I used to work with some of the youth and it was like, hey, you know, you think that the world is this big and, and that you're holding it and that you can see it and you can control it. And, and every time that you look up, all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's a little bigger than I anticipated. It's a little bigger. It's, it's, it's fuller. And so in this meal, we get a chance to look up and say, you know what? Uh, this isn't my world. This is the Lord's world. This is, this is his kingdom, and he's doing the work here, and, and I get to participate. I get to enjoy this meal with him and with all these other people that are engaged in this with me. 